Good morning and welcome to the SOCON Report. My name is Joseph Combe. I am Family Policy Alliance's Director of Public Policy, and I'll be your host this morning. I'm glad to welcome you here where we're going to talk about a bit of a sobering and disturbing story, but we're, it's one that you can take action on, and we're excited to talk about how you can do that. So uh, before we get started, I want to welcome in my conversation partner, which is Vice uh, President of Education for Family Policy Alliance and Foundation, Amanda Banks. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joseph. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have to have you in here and to, to be in here with you to talk about this disturbing story, but also just what parents can do about it, because um, they need to be able to take action they want to, and we're going to show them how. Yes. So to get us into that, though, I was wondering if you could just give us the backstory here like what is going on with Scholastic this yeah. is a legendary bookseller that used to represent you know, just wonder and reading for kids and fun and um, access to books and literacy yeah. um, but they've really taken a turn here so can you tell us what's going on for everyone watching yeah absolutely just a few weeks ago we got word that Scholastic had reversed a policy that they had put into place um, to give schools the option to protect children from some divisive and sexualized materials. They had a group of books, about 64 of them, that they set aside. They, uh, they called it Share Every Story. That's mm. kind of a, uh, you know ambiguous name, but these were the, the titles that people like you and I and our viewers wouldn't want our children or our grandchildren, grandchildren to, be, uh, to be viewing and to be reading. Mm. So they said, schools, you can decide if you want to include these in book fairs or not. But then, the left heard about this and they thought this is uh, this is discriminatory, they said. And so they kind of rose up and a number of them wrote a letter to Scholastic demanding that they reverse course and make these books available to every child, including elementary school children, um, so that they would just be among all the books and there would be nothing set apart, nothing to, to warn parents or children that these are titles you very well may not want to view. Um, so here we are in this predicament where Scholastic is caving to the left, unfortunately, and they've now uh, reversed this policy and said the book should be available um, to every child, no matter the age. Boy, that's really disturbing. I mean, it's basically pornographic access for kids that's that right. Scholastic is providing. Um, boy, that's dangerous. So now that's available to, e to everybody, every kid in their book fairs. Um, I want to talk about just briefly why this is so dangerous, because our audience needs to know, right. um, you know what, what the threat level is to kids here. So briefly, what this means is that these kids through these book fairs now have access to actual pornography. Some of these book titles, which um, some others have, have done a lot of good investigative research to show what, mm -hmm. what's in these books is um, depicting people in sexual situations, and not even traditional sexual situations, but um, any kind of perversion of that you can think of. And this are, these are both in descriptions and in the actual artwork in these books. Um, so that is pornography, and the thing is pornography is a real threat to kids. It's a threat to all of society right now, but it's a threat to kids in these specific ways I want to talk about. And the first one is that uh, addiction to pornography is comparable to an addiction to a hard drug. Mm -hmm. So some of our friends at the National Center on Sexual Exploitation actually did brain scans of brains that were viewing pornography or um, on heroin, and the brain scan results were virtually the same, at least visually. So that's, there's a lot of other evidence out there about how addiction to pornography is very is as destructive to a person's life as an addiction to hard drugs. And when you couple that with the fact that currently the average age of first exposure to pornography is between seven years old and 13 years old, that means we're basically exposing kids to something like heroin at seven years old. And that will addict them for the rest of their life if they don't get intervention or some kind of help and healing. Um, and what Scholastic has done here is explicitly exposing kids to that pornography. They're helping along this early exposure. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but because this material shows 
um, different sexual situations besides just man and woman. It's pushing gender transition on these kids, which FPA has done lots of work on uh, leading up to this year, and we don't have time to go into that, but um, it's, a, it's a double whammy there of exposing kids to pornography and pushing gender transition on them, and all of that abrogates the fundamental right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children, which includes um, exposure when it comes to um, their sexual innocence. Parents have the right to decide, or they should decide when and how their children come to understand what sex is, and hopefully God's beautiful design for it in marriage. So um, that's a lot for people to take in, and hopefully it, uh, it gets you an idea of what the threat level is here, it gets our audience at least. Um, but so Amanda, I wanna ask you, um, for, to start, so we begin talking about what parents can do about this. Yeah. Um, you are the leader of Family Policy Foundation's School Board Academy Trainings, which is an awesome program that I have been in and thoroughly enjoyed, and we've had several cohorts go through now, but um, since you know how school board members play a role in allowing Scholastic to have these books in their schools, what is it that school board members can do about this? You know, thankfully there's a lot, Joseph. Mm -hmm. And so at the School Board Academy, one of our topics that we cover is age-appropriate standards. School boards have the authority to make policy to protect children from inappropriate, um, non-age-appropriate materials in their schools and their libraries through curriculum, textbooks, and what's sitting in the library. And so. I'm, I'm glad to say we have some model policies that are available for school board members. We generally only make these available through the School Board Academy, but mm -hmm. because this issue is so important um, to our mission at Family Policy Foundation and Alliance, and we know parents and grandparents and citizens care too. In fact, you all have been rising up and um, you've been signing our open letter. I think we're gonna talk about that in just a moment. Um, but with the School Board Academy, we've um, now made these model policies available to school board members whose names you all give us. So we have put out the call to action for you to share with us pro-family, um, conservative school board members in your area who would benefit from some additional materials and equipping from us at FPF. And so we've made the model policies available. And Joseph, I want to brag on you a bit because you've also made a model resolution. You've actually written that on this topic specifically. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I'd love to. This was actually um, a really fun to draft this model resolution because I care deeply about this issue. And uh, I think our, our good school board members in this country would too. So uh, we, were, we, did, we came together and I led our effort to draft a model resolution that school boards can pass. A resolution is basically a statement of position for a school board and its members. So we wanted to establish a few things. Usually in a resolution like this, you establish things almost like a factual finding at law, and then you resolve based on those findings. So some of the things this resolution establishes is that, first of all, the school board believes that every parent or every child is entitled to have their innocence protected while they're getting educated in this school system. It also acknowledges that parents are the primary educators of their kids and the guardians of their innocence. And it also asserts and reminds uh, the, the elder readers and everyone in the district that the Constitution reflects this by guaranteeing parents the right to direct the upbringing of their children. That is the family law standard, and uh, it should be recognized by all school boards. It also acknowledges the addictive nature of pornography, and uh, that pornography can have the same effect on a brain as a hard drug, and it cites re a research for that. By the way, there are mountains of research to support all the assertions we've made about the dangers of pornography and things like that, and we cite to just a few of them in these model materials. So I want you to know that that provision is, is, is cited, as well as the next provision, which is, 
In this resolution, it, it declares or it establishes that the earlier a child is exposed to pornography, the more harmful that pornography is to them and that addiction is to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can only imagine someone who's exposed to heroin at 22 versus someone who's exposed at 13 years old. The harm is gonna be exponentially increased and the research supports this um, for pornography too. And then it acknowledges, it doesn't stay scholastic by name, but it acknowledges that there is a nationally prominent bookseller who is helping increase that exposure to children, unfortunately. And then finally it concludes by, uh, by at least in, the, in, the, um, in what it establishes, its findings, that the role of educators, especially librarians and school administrators, is to serve students and their parents and to partner with parents to protect their students' innocence while they learn. So the things it actually resolves to do after that is it affirms the right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children and to protect their innocence from the harmful effects of pornography. And then it resolves that that specific school district is committed to eliminating access to pornography through the school's libraries. So we as a school board are committed to making sure there is no access to pornography through our school's web or library print materials. Um, and then finally, it's committed to never purchasing or allowing to be purchased pornography on the school's premises, which it covers things like these scholastic book fairs. So it's resolved that our position as a school board is that this stuff will not be accessible to children on our school premises. Um, it's a very simple one-page resolution, but it's powerful in that support statement. And I think it's one that many school boards across this country will uh, want to state as this is where we stand on this issue. That's right. And I should mention our website, um, if you would like to give us names of uh, conservative pro-family school board members. Mm -hmm. We would sure appreciate your help with that. So many of you have already done that, but there's um, thousands of school board members across the country. So you can go to familypolicyalliance.com forward slash scholastic, and there you'll find all the information you need to share those names with us. I think, Joseph, I'd love to talk for a minute about our letter and mm, yes. the great response we've gotten from that. So um, a few days ago, um, late last week, we issued the call to action for you all to sign on to an open letter that we drafted to Scholastic's president. And in this letter, we explain our position, our concern, and we ask them to reverse course and indeed put in um, a policy that would protect children rather than exposing them to harmful and pornographic materials through their book fairs. It's a simple letter. You can go online to read it. Again, our website, familypolicyalliance.com forward slash scholastic. And I'll tell you an encouraging note, Joseph. Um, I was reading the statistics of the letter that the left had sent Scholastic when they were upset by this quote unquote discriminatory policy. And there were 1,500 of them that signed on to that letter. Already, we have 8,000 who have signed on to our letter. So um, I think that's a point of encouragement, Absolutely. but we need lots more. We want lot, lots more before we send that off to Scholastic. And we know there are lots more too. We know there are that we're in the majority in a position like this. It's a no brainer that kids should be protected from pornography everywhere, but especially on their school premises and especially at a book fair. I mean, when I grew up, books were a place of wonder and, uh, and, and learning. And I remember the first time I walked through the doors of Narnia, for example, reading uh, C.S. Lewis's classic children's books. That's what reading is supposed to be about, not, not uh, exposing kids to such harmful material. And I want to note that uh, the letter uh, and the resolution and the School Board Academy, all the things that Amanda mentioned, all those links will be in the comment section of this show. So whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or X, formerly known as Twitter, the links to all of those resources and to that specifically that letter so you can take action will be in our comments section. Um, so yes, uh, there's a lot people can do and we want people to come on. Join the 8,000 that have already done this and make your position on this issue known that kids deserve to be protected.
That's right. Well, maybe we should just finish then by uh, telling you a bit more about the School Board Academy. Mm -hmm. I mentioned the opportunity to share names with us of school board members that believe like we do, who share our values. And so when you give us those names, we will also send them information about our School Board Academy. Um, we offer this quarterly online, so it's available to anyone across the country. We do it in the evenings, try to make it as accessible as possible. But we have some terrific faculty from about 10 of our national and state allies who instruct on different issues and show the school board members how they can be effective to preserve parents' rights, protect children, and honor God through their service. Our next School Board Academy is coming up at the beginning of December, so uh, time is short to submit names for that academy. Again, if you'd like to do that, you can go to familypolicyalliance.com forward slash scholastic for this information um, or to our School Board Academy. It's just forward slash School Board Academy. And I'll just finish by, by, by adding my support to that because, like I said, I've been through the School Board Academy, even though I'm not a school board academy, a member of my local school board, but I went through it because I wanted to better understand this great training that we provide and also learn how to just advocate better at my local school board, which I did, and along with another uh, group of other parents in my local school, uh, school district, we were able to get protective policies for children and parents passed. So if you come here, come to the School Board Academy, you're going to learn how to do that advocacy as well. Um, and how to make a positive difference in the lives of the kids in your school district. So thank you, Fatimenda. What, what's the website again for School Board Academy? So familypolicyalliance.com forward slash school board academy. Excellent. So go there to check it out. Thank you for joining us on the SOCON report this morning. Again, all the links, everything that we've talked about um, is available in the comments. So thank you for joining us. We hope you'll join us uh, further to support this effort and protect kids and empower parents through their school boards. Thank you. This has been the SOCON Report. We'll see you next time. Brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.